here we are in between games from the fabulous Fargo Dome Dakota Bowl. We got a couple in the books, and we're eyeing that 2A game coming up and the 3A game a little bit later on tonight. And in between games, it gives me great pleasure to welcome in a friend, first and foremost, Matt Fetch, Executive Director of the North Dakota High School Activities Association, and uh, to chat a little bit about how uh, the association has been able to kind of navigate through all this. I'm sure it hasn't been easy, obviously. And I'm trying to think, Matt, the last time you and I sat down, we may have been at the shack on a couple of chairs when decisions were being made then, too. That's sad for me to think about that, Matt, but I think it's the last time that we really got together. How are you doing, uh, Matt? Uh, doing well. Thanks, Jack. And yeah, that was ironically uh, also Friday the 13th, oh. so um, we're, we're halfway home here, but uh, it's... Uh, you know, what could go wrong? Uh, let's talk real quick, Matt, about how you guys have been able to communicate from March and adapt and adjust to an ever-changing landscape with various things going on. What are a couple of things that stand out to you that, that have given you, at least in some vein, an opportunity to to have some games being played in the last several months? Yeah, the big the key thing was back in mid-July when the announcement was made by Governor Burgum that... Uh, schools would be able to come back in person and they begin planning for that. The following day, my board of directors met and started work on a return to competition, what that would look like here in, in the fall and, and beyond. And, and at that time they said, the plan will be to start everything on time, you know, see what happens, learn from it and adjust as needed. And that's really exactly what's happened here throughout the fall. And I, I don't see that changing at all here beyond as far as the adjustments go. It's just been uh incredible to watch our, our member schools. We have 170 schools that are part of our membership and the adjustments they made on the fly sometimes, you know, days out or even less than that. And it's just been incredible. And, and uh, one of the positives anyway, is how well everyone in the membership has worked together throughout this. And and I think it's important for, for listeners and fans to know, you know, this isn't just one thing. Matt Fetch is not sitting on a giant chair holding a, a, a rod going, okay, you can play and let two people in and you can. That's not how it works, Matt, right? So it's, it's really directives given by various or if it comes from maybe a state level that, okay, the board kind of sits down, okay, what will work for us? So, you know, you said the key words there. There has been a collection of, of, of process and, and people that get together to try to decide what's best uh, to have activities. Absolutely. Yeah. Our, our board was very proactive. My board, uh, you're right. Yeah. I'm, if you think of our organization as a school structure, I'm, I would probably be considered the superintendent. And then I have <laughs> 11 board of directors I work for who would be very similar to the school board. And they have the ultimate final say with most most things that go on here. And uh, yeah, the the board was very proactive, formed a return to competition committee over the summer that met as needed. We have a sports medicine advisory committee that's been instrumental on activities going on here throughout the fall. Uh, the governor's office has been fantastic to work with. We, we visit with them regularly. State health department, uh, we've just had so many different entities. And then we had representatives from various uh, call them sister organizations with our educational leaders, our coaches association, our officials association, et cetera, that uh, all, all had a hand in making this happen. 
Matt Fetch, Executive Director, North Dakota High School Activities Association. It's Dakota Bowl here at the fabulous Fargo Dome. Matt joining us today on The Fan. It's probably human nature, Matt, for, for all of us, just as humans, to focus on the negative. You know, I can't go see my child's game. Oh, now they're not going to let us do this. And now he, he got in contact so they can't play. And when is this going to ever end you know, on this replays in people's mind? But I think what maybe would serve us all is going the ongoing story of resiliency, and you can speak to this, uh, perseverance, some words that come to mind regarding students, student-athletes. And I'm not even just talking you know, kids that play sports, administrators. Have you seen this, Matt, throughout uh, the schools and the student-athletes uh, of perseverance and resiliency? Absolutely, yeah. And I think without that, uh, there, there again would be no way it would be at this point. It's uh, the school administrators of spend probably 90 plus percent of their time, maybe, you know, maybe close to a hundred percent on COVID related issues and things they've never had to deal with in the past. And, and they have like all of us, you know, so much on your plate to start with. And then you throw this on top of it. And a lot of those uh, administrators have been doing, you know, double the job that, that they normally would. And, and it uh, again, has been a, a collective effort here and, and yeah, and, when the return to competition committee and the board of director, they knew there would be disruption, which there has been. But in in the end, we have about 95% of our our team sports, 95% of those teams being able to to complete their seasons. And you know, probably almost every team has been impacted at some point, whether it's uh, you know a close contact here on the team, or or maybe missing a few games, or the the worst case scenario where we've had a few that seasons have ended because sure. of the timing of it, but it's, uh, again, the reality of playing during a pandemic. And if you look at college football schedule this weekend, you can mm. see it. It's not just unique to North Dakota high school. It, it's very real across the country. And, and it doesn't matter how much money there is spent on it or how much testing is involved. It, it impacts everyone. I'm curious at any point, Matt, as you started to navigate, tiptoe into the waters, and, and decisions were made. And by you, I don't mean obviously just you, as we explained earlier. This is many factions in there. Was there ever a point of, was everything on the table from the drastic measure, measure of, of let's just pull the plug to the, well, let's 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 throw caution to the wind and, and let's charge through this and hopefully develop? Was everything on the table as you started getting into the fall and, and things like that, numbers starting going up? Yeah, I think that's always in the back of everyone's mind. But in reality, the schools were very proactive where, you know, back in August when the attendance restrictions started right away from day one in a lot of school districts and they were above and beyond what was even recommended at a state gathering level. They were very restrictive and the, the number one goal was to continue to have kids have the opportunity to compete. And if that means we have fewer fans than we want, or in some cases, no fans, then so be it. So I think there've been a lot of different mitigation strategies where the focus has been, you know, we're willing to give up whatever we can, you know, non-conference games, again, the having the huge crowds there, et cetera. And the reality, if it ends up, uh, you know, two teams safely competing in a, in a barn somewhere this winter, playing right. basketball, it, right. it'll, is what it is, but I think that's been the the number one priority for almost everyone involved, and I think it's the reason we're we're sitting here today talking about uh, the culmination of of a football season. Looking ahead to next week, uh, the hope slash plan of attack for next week's volleyball championships. Yeah, the plan of attack is is obviously to complete the volleyball season. Uh, we're, we're learning a lot today with different mitigation strategies here. The we have 
five teams that were here last year in the Dakota Bowl, and it obviously looks very different for them. We met with them Monday morning and said, okay, we need to know all this. Let's answer your questions and try and make this as seamless as possible. And as you see, the with fans coming in separate entrances, being broken up into pods and reserve seating and yeah. leaving through separate exits, et cetera, there's been so much that's gone into this. And it's going to be the same next weekend, a very um, – you know, condensed as far as your typical attendance at a state volleyball tournament. Just a year ago, we actually set our admissions record at state volleyball, had enormous crowds, and it's uh, been a growing sport for years as far as fan interest goes. And we'll look a lot different this year, but again, like today, we'll be able to get some family in there, watch the kids compete. And uh, as far as tournament structure and bracket, it'll be somewhat traditional obviously the days are much longer so we'll, we'll be clearing everyone out after each match etc but uh, again it's it's like four different sessions if you will each day but we think we can can get through that tournament and again crown a couple champions next week the ability to adapt you certainly have matt uh thanks for your time you're a busy man uh, keep doing what you're doing uh, we'll stay in contact with you and appreciate the time today Hey, appreciate it. Anytime. Always always enjoy visiting with you, Jack. Well, that is the Executive Director, Matt Fetch, of the North Dakota High School Activities Association, joining us here between games from the Dakota Bowl on 740 The Fan. And for Matt, we turn to the General Manager of the Fargo Dome, and that is Rob Sobelik. And Rob, I can't help but think and look around this building and think of the success that the Fargo Dome has brought to the region for a long, long time with concerts and sporting events and whatnot. And Yes, Definitely have done that a lot through the years, but the the last eight or nine months or seven months, um, it, you kind of sit in the dark in the arena and listen to the crickets and say, boy, y'all have some pretty free reign in here uh, with everything going <laughs> right. on right now, which is unfortunate, but but this too, uh, this too hopefully shall pass. There's been a lot of news reporting on the, uh, on the hurt that things may change on the horizon. It's just a matter of when that's going to change and then how it's going to change. But yeah, it's the, the building has definitely been very successful um, over the 28 plus years of operation since December of 1992. And we've had a lot of high school games, obviously a lot of NDSU games, uh, a lot of shrine circuses and rodeos and monster jam, but, but also a lot of great entertainers that, that have come through the building. Trade shows uh, and all. Oh my yeah, goodness. You... So it's, it's been very, it's been very active. So frankly, it's, it's been quite the uh, change and, and a struggle at times for a lot of us who have worked in the building for a long time to just kind of, uh, switch our duties to more cleaning or project work or preparation work or different things such as that versus weekend, you know, spending every weekend at the building doing events or midweek and getting ready for things. But it's exciting to uh, have the high school football championships back in the building and and more than one person, with the exception of a, of an NDSU game back in early October, more than one person has asked me the question of, does it feel kind of weird that your last event on here was the middle of the state basketball tournament on <laughs> Friday, March 13th, and now you're back having a North Dakota North Dakota State Championship games again on Friday, November 13th. He is Rob Sobelik, general manager of the Fargo Dome. And, you know, to, to your credit and your staff's credit, operating in the black and really putting up some great numbers, which is why I'm sure it kind of hurts over the last several months on this, too. You talked about adjustments you had to make, Rob. Take us through that. You know, once you found out that, okay, things are starting to shut down or be reduced, uh, what was the scene like with you and, and your staff? Big meetings every day. Here's how we're going to attack it. Take us through the mindset behind the curtains on, on how you had to put a game 
game plan together. You know, in the, in the very early beginning, we we tried to meet or have communications almost every day, uh, but as everybody found out, the information and the situation was changing so rapidly, you know, nearly hourly at times that it just became uh, impossible to get the information all out at once. So, so everybody kind of took a step back and said, okay, we'll go to every other day, every third day. Uh, but then in the, obviously in the beginning with the, with the closing of the public facilities in that April and early May time frame. Uh, a lot of lot of the staff worked from home, did what they could over the computer, did some training classes, different things such as that. We did always have some staff in the building sure. uh, doing a lot of organization, cleaning projects, things such as that, and just kept doing that as the the time went on. And and then we we there's been a lot of ups and downs here. You, you, you're hearing things, things are going to start, and okay, we're going to be able to do this, we're going to be able to do this. Let's go, let's figure out how to do this. Oh wait, it changed. Now we're not doing this. Right. Uh, so there's been a lot of that, and there's been a lot of effort, um, not only by Fargo Dome staff, but but different organizations, whether it's NDSU or the North Dakota High School Activities Association or, or other other events that have put a lot of effort. Uh, you know, the Fargo Marathon is another one, put a lot of effort into, okay, we're going to do our best to plan a great, safe event, and then things change. On the financial side, yeah, it's been it's been very difficult. Uh, our, our staff has done a great job of managing expenses as good as possible. Uh, and I think it's just huge, huge, huge kudos to uh, everybody who thought of the Fargo Dome and thought of everything back in the late 80s, early 90s, as they were putting the financing package together, as they were putting everything together that you know allowed uh, the current Fargo Dome management and Fargo Dome authority in the city of Fargo to help uh, build up a surplus of over $46 million here yeah. uh, at Fargo Dome that is specific to Fargo Dome. So in situations like this where we will, 2020 will will be the first year we have an operating deficit, but we can pull from some of those funds to, to help offset and uh, still continue to move forward. I think we're just, we're shuffling information on the unknowns, and I think that's really what's made it tough. Yes, venue operators around the country, obviously, uh, Hotel, motel, restaurant, bar activity, along with venues, have been been entertainment venues have, have been some of the hardest hit as far as financially. Obviously, the front front line workers, healthcare workers, are the hardest hit from a from a uh, and health officials from a from a having work to do type of situation. So everybody feels for everybody at this time, and and you know we're all in it together. Uh, I know that sounds way more optimistic than as you who know me I ever am, but uh, <laughs> sometimes you got to turn the channel and it just, just with... try to try to take a different tact at things to try to get through. But yeah, I really do feel for you know the sporting side having a, you know as a parent who who had a son who recently graduated from high school. Right. Uh, I feel for a lot of those activities and athletic directors out there that have to make these decisions and, and get the phone calls all the time. And and I think from everybody we we just ask for patience. We're trying to do the best thing we can it, frankly the alternative is these events don't happen right and and so we're trying to do what we can to to make things happen uh, and we hope for that understanding that that they can understand that yet yeah, it's, it's not what we wanted but at least the kids got something and mom and dad or brother and sister and possibly um, aunt and uncle or grandparents can can see it happen live or, frankly, on TV or sure. listen to it on the radio. Let's finish on this. And Looking ahead in 2021, just from a Fargo Dome standpoint as the, as the general manager, is there a silver lining uh, that 21 that, that you are you're looking forward to? Well, 
you know, obviously given where we're at today, the only thing I can do is look forward. But, uh, you know, we continue to plan for first and second quarter of 2021 with, with our consumer shows, you know, the Red River Valley Boat and Marine Show, the Sportsman Show, the Red River Valley Home and Garden Show, um, getting into NDSU and the Missouri Valley Football you know, spring 2021 season kicking off, which will be really weird. Uh, but kicking that off in February, hopefully with winter sports and high school happening, we'll have the state wrestling tournament, uh, the Shrine Circus, the rodeo. So those are all looking at it. As far as touring concerts and things such as that, what I'm hearing and seeing in the industry is that's going to probably be closer to summer of 2021. But frankly, things always change. Sure. You know, it depends upon these vaccines, depends upon everything. And this all takes time. A venue like Fargo Dome, we're waiting for you know the, the type of show the national big tours we have with the pink or the upcoming maroon five or guns and roses those shows are the shows that also play in buildings like target center and excel energy center and united center but those are also the venues that host nba or nhl so all of those seasons have and schedules have to get set before those tours can start figuring out the open dates for them to play and then to get scheduled into the areas of, of Fargo. I'll tell you, right man's in charge and he's navigating these waters as best as he can. So good stuff. Rob, I know it's been a hectic day, so thanks for taking time today uh, to join us on our broadcast coverage of the Dakota Bowl. And stay in touch. I know we'll be in touch with you. Thanks, Rob. Hey, Jack, thanks for everything. Appreciate you guys being out here and uh, broadcasting these awesome games. What a great opportunity to sit down. That was Rob Sobolik, general manager of the Fargo Dome. Before that, we heard from Matt Fetch, executive director of the North Dakota High School Activities Association. Gearing you up for our next game coming up around the corner today. We are broadcasting from the Fargo Dome. It is the Dakota Bowl on AM 740, The Fan.